more wood? Oh, yeah. You are now listening to Blast Burn Radio. Hello, everyone, and welcome to another episode of Blastburn Radio. As always, I'm your host, Jolly by Nature, and with me today are our soggy friends, our rainy day co-hosts, Celeste and Messer Engine. Uh, thanks for joining me tonight, guys. How's it going? I'm really tired. Like, no joke, it has been a long week. I don't know about either of you, but I could use a nap. I was falling asleep two hours ago, so... Right there with I me. I agree. Huh? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right. So we're just gonna call off the podcast this week, and we're just all gonna go have some snoozes. That sound good? Oh, sure. That sounds wonderful. See you next week, everybody. Roll the credits. <laughs> That's the episode. <laughs> Night. Good work, everyone. <laughs> we did it. We did the thing. I wouldn't PvP by default. No, 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 no. The come up is here, and for the come up to happen, I have to actually, you know, fight you guys. Um, no come up. <laughs> so, before we dive into this week's show, I do want to take a moment to acknowledge that today, as of this recording, Saturday, April 7th, is our good pal Celeste's 30th birthday. Uh, congratulations, lady. You are old as shit, just like the rest of us. Happy birthday, Celeste! Uh, Happy how does birthday. it feel being super fucking old? <laughs> I don't know. It's 30. It's not that old, but it's also a lot of years. I don't know. It's weird. It gets weirder. Just wait. <laughs> I don't know. I've been I've been thirties longer than you have. It's pretty fucking old. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thirties. Like I'm gonna be thirty three in a couple months, and the and your thirties are the years when you finally realize some point this year you're gonna have like a crick in your back or something like that, and you're gonna go, shit, this didn't used to happen to me. <laughs> it's terrible. <laughs> That already happened a year ago. It's okay. Oh, man. So for like months, for months, the three of us would stay up ridiculously late playing video games before going to bed. And like, I finally, I had a revelation that being up late was making me cranky. And that never used to fucking happen. <laughs> like, it used to be I could stay up until 2, 3 o'clock in the morning, get up for work in the morning. And I didn't like it, but, like, I was perfectly chipper and right as rain. Like, now, it just makes me fucking mad. Just mad as shit. I'm a grumpy old man. <laughs> yeah, I hear you. I We've been really busy, just transparency, doing real life stuff. So we haven't been playing video games till, like, 1 in the morning for a little bit with the exception of yesterday and jolly's absolutely right i during that entire period i was just pissed from the hours of 7 to 11 <laughs> i would just come into work and be like what the fuck do you want and then somehow around lunch it would wear off but when i got back from lunch i'd have the midday i'm pissed off because i'm at work so eh. just angry in the morning angry in the afternoon maybe okay bye by dinner time angry in the morning angry in the evening angry at supper time <laughs> yeah you got it that's right angry rules Get, getting old sucks you guys congratulations on getting old though celeste we're very happy for you welcome to level 30 i i'm just gonna go by my age that i came out so i'm three years old that works for me uh i'm gonna have to have a conversation with callie then that's kind of gross whoa <laughs> <laughs> Uh, 
<laughs> this is what you get when we're tired, fans. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, I am I am tired and sick, so you get a twofer. <laughs> the awful jokes. It's of course been a week since we recorded last. It was definitely an interesting weather week here in the Midwest. It seemed at times like Kyogre and Obama Snow were having a weather war. Like, I, I shit you not, guys. I had so much water in my backyard this week that ducks were just chilling in it like it was a fucking pond. Like, they belonged there. Um, so it's been it's been pretty nuts here in, in the heartland. Uh, but how about you guys? How was your week this week? I also had strange weather. It snowed. On Friday night, a couple inches, which made me not pleased. I was driving home in a winter storm after Easter, and I was like, what? What is even this world? Also, for me at least, this week has been chasing my tail. Like, I've been so busy that I feel like I am rushing to try and keep ahead of my workload and not quite managing it. Which means I'm just tired all the time because there's as soon as I stop, there's something else that needed to be done like an hour ago. Um, and I'm hoping to sleep in a little bit tomorrow and just get some rest. So that'll be that'll be a good time, I hope. But yeah, that was my week. It was just run around like a crazy fool. What about you guys? Eh, my week's been weird. Um, spending a lot of time working on our bot for our league, Traskbot. Which works amazing, by the way. Thank you for, for doing that. Yes, thank you very much, Celeste. It's wonderful. It, it's still got some bugs and stuff, but it, it works for the most part. It'll have more iterations. We rebuilt him. We brought him back. We made him stronger, faster. <laughs> they picked up that Trask corpse from the feet of that Machamp and brought him into the workshop. <laughs> And the rest of my week was basically preparing for an interview Friday, which I feel like I completely bombed, so there's that too. Oh, Celeste, you <laughs> you you have a very unfortunate habit of severely underestimating yourself. I you are a incredibly talented and hardworking young woman, and I am very certain that that's shown through. It can't not to anyone who speaks to you. And didn't you didn't you tell me you managed to get like a follow up for Monday, which would make interview three? Something like that, but I still couldn't answer half his question, so it, it feels weird. I, I, I guess I'm hypercritical of myself, because I know programming interviews sent you, are sometimes set up to have you fail, so you can just see what you're going to do with it, but it still bugs me. I'm one of those people that have to get the answer, <laughs> and so I just get pissed off at myself for not knowing things. Again, we talked about this before, but I... I feel like, and maybe this is entirely unfounded, and I apologize to any techie listeners out there if it is, but I feel like the type of people who are in programming as a field to begin with are probably not the type of people to generally interview well to begin with. So, like, I'm sure that there's somewhat of an expectation there of severe nerves and performance anxiety. Like, that just, that seems like it kind of goes hand in hand with the type of personality type that is drawn to those careers. Yeah, you're right. We'll see. <laughs> yep. Absolutely. Well, we've we've definitely got our fingers crossed for you, Celeste. Um this this week was a hard one for me. Uh, it was kind of emotionally draining. There was a, a whole bunch of turmoil and, and chaos at work, and it it seems like we've come out on the other side of that, fingers crossed, but it just it took a lot out of me mentally and emotionally because I'm I'm very much I'm the guy that tries to see both sides of the field and kind of wave the flag and keep grease the wheels and keep everything running and so 
when stuff starts to go bad enough that I lose that faith and I feel like I've been putting in all that work for nothing, it, it hits me hard. Like it hits me really fucking hard. My faith has been restored a little bit, but it's just, it's still something that is rough. I have now two sick kids, actually. My four-year-old has a pretty bad cold, and the two-year-old was sniffling before bed this evening as well. Uh, and I'm pretty sure I'm coming down with it, too. I'm sure I probably sound nasally as shit in this recording. So, sorry, guys. Uh, and sorry, future Jolly, for all the sneezes and sniffles and other miscellaneous gross mucusy sounds that I'm sure that I will be trying to scrub from this recording tomorrow. But that is future Jolly's problem. Right now, Jolly can just kind of enjoy the fucking ride. <laughs> <laughs> I uh, I finally went and saw Black Panther in theaters today. I, I know I'm super behind because we have small kids and we don't get to go places, uh, but it was absolutely amazing and it got me totally pumped for Infinity War. Uh, so yay, Marvel movies continuing to not suck consistently. Good job, Marvel. Yeah, like, it's it's funny because I just saw, like, a series of promotional images, including, like, a bunch of the characters who are going to be in Infinity War, and a couple of those were some of the supporting cast of black panther like it was the the love interest played by lupita and yango and the like female captain of the guard uh played by the 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 woman who plays michonne on the walking dead deny i can can never remember her last name but michonne and when i saw those images my immediate thought was you know infinity war has like all the fucking characters in it are these people really going to be like awesome and impactful enough to merit a casting role in that movie that's going to be so full of way bigger you know a-list characters and then i saw black panther and i was like well fucking yeah of course they do they're fucking amazing she crashed a goddamn car with a goddamn stick jesus christ (laughs) (laughs) uh so yeah good flick if you haven't seen it yet Maybe try to catch it before it runs out of theaters. Like, I feel like that's one that definitely benefited from seeing it on the big screen. So, yeah. Um, so that was our week. That's how we're doing. And, of course, uh, we do want to bring you up to date on how everyone is doing in the great wide world of Pokemon. So last week was, of course, pretty light on the Pokemon news. But this week is, thankfully, a little heavier. So let's go ahead and find out what's going on in the Pokemon community with this week's Pokemon news. Here is the Poke News. The Poke News. Alright guys, so this past Sunday was of course Easter, but it was also April 1st, which is commonly celebrated as April Fool's Day. Of course, if you're a listener of our show, you'll remember the the goof, the bamboozle that we pulled on you all last week. And we, of course, weren't the only ones celebrating. Of course, many fan projects had their own pranks. I know that the Dex podcast was taken over by Team Skull for the day, uh, so that was pretty amusing. And then on Pokemon Showdown, they used a lot of fun trolley sprites just for the one day on april 1st so that was kind of neat there were also a ton of fake or misleading leaks and rumors released as pranks on or in the days around april 1st so i mean if you see a leak online that hasn't been officially released always be skeptical of that information but remember to be a little extra skeptical at and around the beginning of april because yeah uh you've been pranked (laughs) now 
Two official Pokemon entities also participated in the fun, um, specifically uh, Pokemon's official web presence on Pokemon.com, as well as the official Pokemon social media presence, were taken over by Team Rocket for the day, and they posted all sorts of fun, Rocket-centric com- content on April 1st. Uh, Pokemon Go also got into the fun, providing a graphical update, quote-unquote, improving the realism of their Pokemon by making them into sprite art. Uh, specifically, they used the generation seven pc box sprites uh so that was really fun actually that ran through today they just switched back to the normal 3d models today i actually kind of liked it i liked the sprites but it was a pretty fun goof they also there's a prefecture in japan uh that is commonly referred to kind of as a joke as the slowpoke prefecture and so for april 1st they made slowpoke spawn like mad all over that place um <laughs> <laughs> So, yeah, lots of of good fun was had all around. Happy April Fool's Day, everyone. I hope you had fun with all the goofs. Now, moving on, the April giveaway event for the Year of Legendaries uh, series is live. Well, sort of, depending on where you live, that is. It's actually not live for us here in North America. Uh, So the April giveaway is for either Entai or Raikou. And as with previous giveaways in this series, which legendary you get is dependent on your cartridge. Uh, Sun and Ultra Sun redeem Entei. Moon and Ultra Moon get Raikou. And as with previous events in the series, they come at level 60 in Sun or Moon, or at level 100 and holding a gold bottle cap in Ultra Sun and Moon. Now, distribution method varies widely depending on location for this particular event. Uh, In Europe and Oceania, this event is live over Wi-Fi Mystery Gift and will remain so through April the 25th. In Latin and North America, this event is being distributed through various retailers. Uh, Specifically here in the US of A, this event is being distributed via Target. And codes are actually only available for one week, from April the 22nd to April 29th. So we'll be sure to remind everyone once we get closer so you can get out and get your free codes while supplies last. Now, in Canada only, this code is being distributed through the Pokemon Club newsletter. I don't know how I feel about this one. Like, this is really weird that they're so all over the place with how they're sending it out. And I really don't like the fact that it's only available for a fucking week through Target. But I didn't make that decision, and I'm still going to go to Target and get my code. So, whatever. The closest target is like an hour away from me, so the likelihood of me being able to go there in a one-week window is so minimal. Well, if Target isn't an asshole to me, I'll get extra codes for you, buddy. Ah, thanks, Jolly. I'll just be like, look, I don't have time for your guys' shit. I can't come back over multiple days and pretend like I've never been here before. Just give me like six fucking codes, please. (laughs) (laughs) Uh, all right, now, next on our list, uh, on Tuesday, the sixth global challenge for Pokemon Ultra Sun Ultra Moon went live. Uh, this time, our intrepid heroes are collectively challenged to hatch a lot of eggs. Uh, specifically, we are challenged to collectively hatch three million eggs by the event cutoff on April the 16th. As of this recording, we're already past 1 million, so it looks like the misfortune of the previous challenge isn't going to linger. Uh, be sure to sign up and get credit. Success is going to net us all. 2,000 FC coins, and that reward is, of course, doubled if your cartridge is linked to your Pokemon Global Link account. 
So, yay! Now, finally, as is always the case, April has brought a new Global Link Wi-Fi tournament, but this one isn't going to be of much interest to most of our listeners. This month's Global Link tournament is the Japan Championships 2018 qualifiers, and it is only open to Japanese players. This tournament is being used as a qualifying round for the Japanese Nationals tournament, scheduled for June, and those who perform well will receive an invite to Nationals, and top performers at Japanese Nationals will be invited to participate in the World Championships being held in Nashville, Tennessee in August. Uh, So good luck to everyone hoping to place and get an invite to nationals, assuming that anyone listening to us is listening from Japan. Now, there have been a few new things to come out of Pokemon Go over the course of the last week, and as always, we rely on our special Pokemon Go consultant, Messer Engine, to keep us up to speed. Uh, Mess Buddy, what's going on in Pokemon Go this week? Oh, the Lotties are on... On the run, among other things. As of Monday, 4-2, the legendary Pokemon, Latios and Latios, have started appearing in raid battles here in Pokemon Go. We actually saw one this morning on our way to the grocery store, but did not have time to actually stop and go do that, because as mentioned, super busy this week. Latios is currently available in North America, South America, and Africa, while Latios is active in Europe and Asia. They'll switch on May 8th and run until June 5th, 2018. They will also now start appearing in five-star raid eggs globally. Let's see. Community day for this month is fast approaching. I'm actually super excited about this one. And we're doing, like, other side of the family, Easter, not Easter, on 415, which is community day. So that finding the time to go catch the Pokemon for community day will be interesting. But anyways, I digress. It's been confirmed that this community day will center on Mareep. So cute little sheep, shiny sheep. As with the previous community day events, if you evolve Flaffy into Ampharos during the three-hour window, your Ampharos will know Dragon Pulse, a move it can't normally learn. The community day runs at the following times. The Asia-Pacific region is 12 p.m. to 3 p.m. Europe, the Middle East, and Africa and India is 9 a.m. to 12 p.m. UTC. Uh, The Americas and Greenland are 11 a.m. to 2 p.m. Pacific time. So that should be super interesting. I think it's right at the tail end for us of when we're going to be out at the other side of the family. I could go get a Kamal, guys. (laughs) I'm super excited about that. Anyways... Lastly, and somewhat cryptically, part of the weekly newsletter being sent to Pokemon Go players has made mention of a brand new event. On April 10th, a new event is scheduled to start, which focuses upon the Kanto region. No further details are available currently, but make sure to check back next week when we'll update you on what this new event entails. Also, last little piece of news. We announced last week the the Search for Mew stuff and... My wife finished up her uh, stamp program this week, did all the events, and she caught a Moltres. So that's super exciting. So definitely worth doing that stuff, guys, if you haven't been able to get out and raid over the last, like, six to eight months since that started happening, so that you can get your hands uh, on some of those good legendaries that you might have missed. Thank you very much, Messer Engine. Now, Mess Buddy, (laughs) I have to say... I know it's going to be a while. I know that you don't get to go play Pokemon Go nearly as consistently as you would like to. When you finally complete your own Search for Mew quest line and you get your own Mew, you have to, have to, have to take a picture of it underneath a truck. I demand it. 
underneath the truck. <laughs> Joe Merrick, who's the guy who runs Cerebi.net, he is Mr. Cerebi. He put a screenshot of Mew under a big rig on on Twitter, and I about passed out laughing. <laughs> Well, I will try to find an appropriate truck to place it under. Thank you, sir. <laughs> now, uh, just quickly, a, a couple of things that are small but interesting. This week, a demo version of Detective Pikachu became available in North America on the Nintendo eShop. It contains roughly two-thirds of the first chapter of the game playable for free. And if you choose to purchase it, you can continue from there rather than playing it over. Um, so be sure to check that out if you're on the fence regarding this title. I know I have been, um, and I haven't really wanted to watch a Let's Play in case I do decide to play it. Like, I don't want to spoil the whole thing for myself. So this seems like a really good compromise. I'm definitely going to check that out. It was also announced this week that on the on this coming Monday, uh, April the 9th, a new trailer will be released on a Japanese TV show for the new Pokemon movie, Everyone's Story, and that this trailer will include the reveal of a brand new Pokemon. Now, if you're savvy with Pokemon-centric corners of the internet, you're probably already familiar with what this new Pokemon is most likely going to be. Uh, before Ultra Sun, Ultra Moon even came out, data miners who had gotten access to leaked copies did find data for a new mythical Pokemon that has not yet been released or even announced, but we do know about it through those sources. So I'm not going to spoil that here because it's not been officially released, but if you're familiar, if this is ringing a bell, then you know what this is likely to be. But yeah, new Mythic Pokemon is being announced probably tomorrow or even today when you're listening to this. So pretty cool. Look forward to that. Okay, so now moving on from there and into Blastburn Radio community news, our Pokemon League has been open for one week now, and it has been a ton of fun battling you guys and taking your challenges. We are very proud to announce that we have our very first Pokemon League champion. Community member, friend of the show, and fairy-type gym leader Flame and Air challenged the league with a challenge team of his own, uh, and he conquered every challenge set before him. He even beat his own gym. Uh, I stepped in and substituted as the gym leader and kind of piloted his gym team against him, and he is our first ever champion. So congratulations, Flame. You have truly earned it, buddy. Yeah, congratulations. Your team was really rocking. Now, remember, if you want to check out what's going on, check out the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League. Be sure to check the show notes of today's episode. Um, you can follow the link to join our community Discord, and we can instruct you from there as far as getting your challenge rolling. It's been a whole lot of fun, and we would love to have you guys uh, bring your A-game and come and spank us mercilessly. That's totally what we're going for. <laughs> now... Lastly, we have a very cool and special announcement for you guys this week. Uh, so we're getting to the, the back half of Series 3. It's starting to wind down. And more and more of you guys are asking us what's coming next. After all, the, the next full Pokemon generation is Diamond, Pearl, and Platinum. But Fire Red and Leaf Green fall in between as far as when they were released. So what are we going to be playing well, we're happy to finally be able to announce that to you. So we've had long discussions and our stance on the remakes and second editions, so games like Fire Red, Leaf Green, Heart Gold, Soul Silver, Black and White 2, etc., is that they're all unique enough that we want to play them and go over them on the podcast and on stream, uh, but they're similar enough that we don't want to just do the same playthrough over again, essentially. So the compromise that we've come to is that we're going to do fun, exciting variant runs for these games. So they won't be a part 
part of our main game series, as it were, but they will constitute a nice change of pace occasionally from our normal challenge. Uh, now, the first set, set of these games in order is Fire Red Leaf Green, and for these titles, we have decided to run. Drumroll, please. The first ever Blastburn Radio Sleeplock. Now, if you're not familiar with the Sleeplock, it is a Nuzlocke run that must be played in a single sitting. If the challenger falls asleep before the run is finished, they lose. So we are looking at a 24-plus hour marathon stream where our hosts will race to the finish. Now, this will be a race. Instead of our normal point system and series of PvP battles, we are straight racing to the finish line, and the first to become champion will win. Uh, we'll be running the sleep lock between the end of Series 3 and the beginning of Series 4, and we'll start in the morning on Saturday, May 12th. So look forward to that, and look forward to more specific announcements regarding the start time of that stream and all that jazz. And you two are just talking about being grumpy when sleepy. Oh man, it's going to be so bad. I'm going to be a monster of a person by the end of that. Just be prepared. <laughs> <laughs> What's funny is we're all going to be on uh, Discord talking during it too. Yeah, it's going to be a lot of fun. We'll be on voice with each other. You know, we'll have all of you guys hopefully there hanging out, chilling with us. Be sure to tell all your buddies. We're we're hoping that doing this big Mondo stream is going to be really, really good for visibility on Twitch. So like, help us out. Tell your friends. It's going to be a lot of fun. All right, well, that is our Blastburn Radio community news and our Pokemon community news. So now it is time for us to focus on what we have going on here on the show, which is, of course, our Series 3 Nuzlocke runs. So this was, of course, the fifth week of our Generation 3 series. Our hosts blazed a trail through unexplored regions in a torrential downpour. We defeated our douche bro rivals. We ended the aspiration of the nefarious villains at the Weather Institute. We learned how to hunt for hidden lizards, did so much fishing, and finally took on Monona in the Four Tree City Gem. Now, as always, Messer Engine was up first to play. So, Mess Buddy, how was your week in Nuzlocke gameplay this week? It went really well, but preparing for it was really scary. So for those of you who are unfamiliar with Winona, she's a flying type gym leader. And the reason she's widely regarded as a, a run ender in Nuzlocke runs is her Altaria. It has dragon dance. And if it starts to sweep, it's just going to wipe you out. So you got to come prepared. You got to be, be, be ready. Thankfully, we had some good options for dealing with that. We have Bakanawa. He just needed an ice beam to have that good bolt beam coverage to take care of other birds and take care of that Altaria who's quad weak to ice. Unfortunately, ice beams require gambling, and I, I, I hate it. I absolutely hate it. We'll we'll get back to that because we did not do Winona on night one. Night one was finding some new friends, doing a lot of grinding, stopping the nefarious Team Aqua from changing the weather. Uh, and other such nonsense. We actually spent some time doubling back to get our Route 115 encounter, which we didn't do last time. I was trying to find where the fucking grass is and got a water route, a surf encounter, and got a level 30 tentacle. So that was neat. It's got a nature that ups its special defense. So now that it's a tentacruel and at level 33, it's got like a 95 special D. It's insane. I can't remember for the life of me what its actual nature is, but I remember going, that's really not ideal, but damn, that special D. <laughs> um, so that was really neat. 
We also caught an electrike. Wait, 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 wait. I'm sorry, mess. I hate to interrupt you, buddy. I just, I need to get one more soundbite of, of you saying, damn that D, though. Mm. No. Ah. <laughs> <laughs> that special, special D. That special oh, D. the special D. <laughs> I'm sorry. I'm sorry. My inner four-year-old has now been amused. You can continue. <laughs> okay. Well, thank you. <laughs> we we also caught an electric on Route 118, uh, who we named Zeus. So we have a good manectric now. We have we have the double doggo. We got Cerberus and we got Zeus, uh, which is really cool. We didn't have a super great time on Route 119. We got duped out, which was kind of a bummer. Uh, and on Route 120. This week, we totally effed everything up. I really wanted to go hunting for an Absol. Kind of totally spaced and ended up talking to Steven on the bridge and ended up in a fight with a Kecleon and went, well, fuck, that's my encounter, and now I have a Kecleon. <laughs> Hooray! Honestly, it probably turned out all right, because I'll tell you, I did some grinding in that grass and I never saw an Absol, so I guess something's better than nothing. But yeah, wasn't really looking forward to that that fun that fun lizard traveling through towards the weather institute is really scary because there's lots of ninjas uh in fact the ninjas were the most frightening part of my week if you can believe that because they have coughings with self-destruct and they have ninjasks with sword stance and there were several times in which tanuki had to come out and shockwave killer ninjasks and critical hit them to to murder them before they they uh mopped the floor with us uh, there was also a very frightening moment when we brought out gaia our geodude when we were like oh we're gonna train this geodude i know i bitched about it last week i know i did it's even in the blog but but we leveled it up and it's a golem now yeehaw but while it was a little tiny geodude i swapped it in to eat a self-destruct from a coughing and it almost fucking died i was like oh shit that's not good being being up at the weather institute was really funny because team aqua was there being team aqua there's just some kid by a bed being like i was just there's a bed in here randomly why is there a fucking bed on the first floor of the weather institute i don't understand but we mopped that place up we kicked team aqua's ass i mean archie's not around to cause any trouble so it wasn't really that challenging the people at the top tried to give me a cast form and i was like nope see ya i don't have room for it in my party and i left because we had already gotten our or not gotten our encounter on route 119 and then we ran into May. This was a May week. And I mentioned this on Jolly's stream when he was finding Brendan. But at this point in the game, in red, blue, yellow, blue would have a full team. It would be made up of the most threatening Pokemon that you can find. And it would be killing the shit out of you. May's got, what? She had a Shroomish, uh, her Marshtomp, and a Numel. And I was like, really, bitch? <laughs> like, that's it? So we, we trounced May. That was no surprise. She didn't have anything that was even legitimately threatening. Picked up our sweet rival points and continued onwards up towards Fortree City, which is just a bunch of fucking tree houses and crunchy granola folks. And I, it's, there's no secret in the world of Warcraft that I hate druids and I am one. A fucking treehouse city is like my nightmare. I can't even imagine living there. So walking through it was an absolute horror. By the end of the week, when we figured out what the plan was going to be, we had plans 
A through D. Plan A was to lead with Zeus and nuke the crap out of the Swellow uh, and the Pelipper and the Skarmory, but not too hard on the Skarmory because we really needed to bring in somebody who could Ice Beam Altaria so it didn't get a free Dragon Dance set up. If everything went totally to shit, we had Gaia with self-destruct and a quick claw. It was a grenade. We brought a grenade to the gym fight. It was, oh shit, the stacks are up. Maybe we have a 10% chance of outspeeding, or it can live one hit and explode and murder it. Yes, I did that to one of my Pokemon because I am a cold-hearted, terrible person. Guy and I talked about it. When she was a Geodude, I said, look, you're a bomb, and I'm going to bring you to be a bomb. Do you understand? And she was like, I love you. You you could do no wrong to me. I love naive Pokemon. It's great. <laughs> Mez is definitely an evil team trainer. We just haven't figured out what team yet. Yeah, I'm I'm a, I'm a terrible I'm a terrible terrible human being and, and a trainer. Cold hearted Mez is cold hearted Mez. So Plan B was things have gone to shit. Throw the grenade. Plan C was bring Zeus back wait, wait. out. Self destruct wasn't even Plan D. No, <laughs> it was just it was just oh things got mildly hard. Time to murder this girl. <laughs> well, you gotta remember if I get to Plan D, it's probably got three stacks of Dragon Dance now. Uh, the only chance that we have to take that out if the ice fails is immediately. It's get it before it gets worse. Take the 40-point loss in total and call it at that. Because you got to remember, if it gets through five of my Pokemon, that's all I have left. I still wipe. Better to do it up front. But you can't blow a self-destruct on plan A because that... <laughs> that's not a fucking guarantee especially when you have a quad effective choice on a speedy pokemon so we that, that was plan b plan c was bring zeus out and hope to quick attack what's left of it to death and and plan d was a last minute plan but it was bring hephaestus and his quad quad resist nonsense uh and, and hope that we don't die terribly. I completely forgot that that Altaria has Earthquake. So that wouldn't have been very good for me <laughs> yeah, at all. This would have just been splat. Yeah, plan D would have just been die. <laughs> it, I'm telling you, it was a good week. I was like, all right, I'm good. I'm good. Everything will be fine. And you'll learn, as, as I did a moment ago, not a moment ago, when it happened, that I learned the hard way that I had Earthquake. Nothing died. Thankfully, but it really could have happened that way if Kraken, our tentacruel, wasn't just such a a healthy, hearty boy. He he would have died terribly. When we got to Winona, like doing the rest of the gym was fine. When we got to Winona, we're like, okay, everybody's ready. We got plans A through D. We're we're going. Zeus led out and totally murdered that swallow. And we're like, yeah, all right, everything's going good. Everything's going good. And then Altaria came straight out. And that whole, oh, shit, we don't really want to lose a turn to let it dragon dance thing went right the fuck out the window. So immediately I was in panic mode, and I was like, I need an ice beam. Who's my heaviest special attacker? Tentacruel's on the team. Let's go. Threw it out there and walked right into an earthquake. Because, of course, it was trying to earthquake Zeus, because that would have murdered it. So Tentacruel came out and went oh god, earthquake, three quarters of my health is gone. And I went, well, shit. Guess how many other Pokemon on my team die terribly to earthquake? Several. 
The answer is several. Uh, so we quickly switched into Bakanawa, our Gyarados, and it did Dragon Dance on our first turn in there, and we didn't one-shot it. Uh, and it got a turn to murder me and Dragon Breath, which did nothing, thankfully, and we killed it. And then it was really easy to just Thunderbolt everything else that was there, and we got out without a scratch, but that could have gone really, really bad. Bad Mez for not doing your review research, like, right before stream. Probably really entertaining for you guys. Would have been super interesting if we got to see Gaia be a grenade. But neither of those things happened. The Geo dude that I lamented catching is on my team. And there we go. Because that's the way things work in Mez's gameplay. Fuck Venonat. Venomoth is on the team. Fuck Geo dude. Gollum's on the team. <laughs> it's just it's just the way that it goes. It was fate. It was fate that I found that Geo dude in that rock. Had to be. But yeah, that was my gameplay. I I got through it just fine, but there were some scary moments, but nobody died and we got our points and hooray. Well, con- congratulations, Mess. Yeah, that that almost went very very ugly for you, but you managed to pull that out. I'm just I'm still dying that that you were just like, "What? What? Something died. Oh no, blow the fuck up." Nope. Plan A's gone. <laughs> Pull the pin on the golem and throw it. Oh, Jesus. That poor, poor sweet baby golem. Um. Yep. <laughs> it would be looking at you with all the trust in the world as you threw it at it. You know, and there were plenty of people who turned out to watch the gym, too. So that would have been funny. The, the crazy thing is, is, for those of you who have never done a trade evolution on, like, an emulator before, it's a pain in the butt. And I spent, I don't know. Celeste was it like two three hours trying to get that to work right and Celeste had to save me like for whatever reason it just would not run correctly on my computer so Celeste saved me and helped me get it evolved so it would have been three hours worth of work to huck it at a dragon (laughs) not the worst life for a Pokemon I guess I mean I like I said she and I had a had a good conversation up front I pulled her out of the box and I said this is your purpose in life I'm not gonna lie Someday, I'm going to pull that pin. Uh, that reminds me of the uh, frickin' Rick and Morty, the little robot he makes to pass butter, and asks, what is my purpose? <laughs> <laughs> he responds to pass butter. He goes, oh, God. Ah, uh, Jesus Christ, you guys. <laughs> Tell us about the come-up. Let's hear it. <laughs> yeah, yeah. The, the come-up is here, guys. The come-up is real. So, uh, if you were doubting that the come-up was real, then you shouldn't now, because... The only way that I could have had the weekend gameplay that I did was if the Nuzlocke gods were directly smiling down upon me. So let's talk about it. So I came into this weekend gameplay with a heavy focus on encounters. And for very good reason, uh, we've had a lot of losses in the series. We really needed some new blood on the team, particularly in water types. And the good news is, is we got access to a lot of new routes this week. We got access to surf. We got access to the good rod. So we had access to a lot of good new water types among other good new Pokemon. So that was the focus coming in was just, we need new and good encounters. So the very first thing that we did was to backtrack a little bit. We, went back to Petalburg City, where we had never picked up our encounter. And we had two options in Petalburg. And and I bring this up because it's going to be important later. So put a pin in it, okay? But basically, we had, well, technically three options, but one of them was Corefish, which if you're not familiar with Corefish and Crawdont, they are excellent, excellent Pokemon 
in the current games, not really great in Gen 3 because they're hard-hitting physical water dark type that is slow. So not the best combination of traits. So I, I was not at all interested in, in a core fish. I'm sorry, uh, Crawdont aficionados. I love him. He's a great Pokemon. Don't love him in Pokemon Emerald. So setting Crawdon aside, our two options were to pick up a Meryl or a Goldeen. Neither of them I wanted to use immediately, but both of them could be useful for dupes later on down the road. Specifically, Route 120, if we fished, with the good rod, we had a 60% chance of Magikarp, 20% chance of Goldeen, 20% chance of Barboach. Uh, so getting Goldeen off the dupes table would make it much easier to get that Barboach if I wanted to pursue that. Meryl was in the grass on Route 120. And if I had Meryl off my dupes table, that would mean that the most likely encounter that I could catch in the grass would have become an Absol. It still only would have been an 8% encounter chance, but everything more common would, would have been dupes. So... Those were our options, and I ultimately chose to fish for the Goldeen. I decided that we wanted to pursue a Barboach, and the reason for that is because uh, Barboach learns Earthquake at level up at level 31, so I could have learned Earthquake by level up, immediately evolved, and had this not great in the long term, but really amazing right now Pokemon to bring into PvP this week. So I wanted that shit. I wanted that hard. So that was the plan. Picked up our Goldeen. We named her Boomer, I think. Boomer, which is one of the members of the Burger King Kids Club. And we moved on. Uh, we also went down to Route 105, which is one of the water routes between Petalburg City and Town, And just surfed to pick up a Wingle. Since we still hadn't encountered a Wingle to this point, we were getting that off of our dupes encounter as well. Uh, we named her Helen Henny, which is the bird cheerleader in the Chuck E. Cheese band. So that was that was fun. Nothing super exciting there, but things that we very much wanted to just kind of get out of the way. From there, our top priority on the evening was getting our encounters on the week so that we knew what we had to work with. Uh, we went back to Marvel City, went east to Route 118. We picked up the Good Rod and we fished there. And fishing with the Good Rod, we were able to encounter a Carvana, which is exactly what we wanted. So Carvana evolves into Sharpedo and Sharpedo suffers from some of the same problems that Crawdont does in Gen 3. It's also a water dark type. Its stats are also physically oriented, whereas both of its stab types are special. But unlike Crawdont, it is fast and it has a serviceable special attack stat, but its defenses are fucking paper. So I don't love using it in a Nuzlocke run. Spoiler alert, I'm probably not going to use our Sharpedo any longer than I absolutely have to for those reasons. But for now, amazing water type. Easily the best thing that I had on the encounter tables this week for a water type. Immediately. So that was great. Really hype. Immediate spot on the squad. Um, from there, we moved on to Route 119. And now, okay, so on Route 119, guys... We did not have great encounter options. In the grass, we could get a Tropius or a Kecleon, both at a low percentage, and neither of those are particularly exciting Pokemon. They've both got their ups, particularly in a Nuzlocke where, you know, options are limited to begin with, but neither of them were things that I wanted. The only other option on the route was a Feebas. Now, if you're not familiar... With Feebas in Generation 3, 
Feebas can only be encountered in six randomly selected water tiles on Route 119. Those water tiles are out of a possible pool of approximately 300. So six out of 300 water tiles can contain a Feebas. Uh, Feebas has a 50% chance of appearing with any rod in those six tiles. They are reset every time you set the trendy phrase in Dufordtown, which will always be ball tasty. That's never going to be changed. Um, but they also reset when you speak to random NPCs and also just once a week on timer. And they're totally random. It's not like the special trees in Gen 2 that are set by your trainer ID that you can like use calculators to kind of figure out where your best chance is. Like, no, totally random, reset on a timer. No way to game that. None whatsoever. So I ultimately decided that because the grass options were so unappealing that we were going to go to the water and we were going to fish and just see if fate dealt us a fee bass. I figured we were probably throwing our encounter away and we were going to dupes out, but we were probably going to dupes out in the grass anyway, or just get something really shitty. So we might as well swing for the stars. We got a Magikarp. We got a Magikarp. We got a Magikarp. And I was in mid-sentence talking about how we were going to dupes out, and that was okay, when we fished up a fucking Feebass. You're talking... A 1 in 60 chance, approximately, of selecting the right tile. And then a 50-50 chance of fishing it up. So 1 in, one in, one in 120, I think, if I'm doing my, my calculations of probability there, right? So f- less than 1% chance to encounter this particular Pokemon. And we got it. We fished it up, and we caught him. And his name is The King. For the Burger King. And I have never been more excited to encounter a Pokemon in my entire life. Like, go back and watch the reaction clip. I think Pegasus clipped it out of the stream for me. Him or Dr. C. Whichever of you it was. Thank you. But yeah, holy shit. It's a brave Feebas, which is not ideal. But that being said, it's not one of the natures that hinders growth in the beauty contest stat either, which is what's most important. If you have a beauty hindering nature, you literally cannot evolve your Feebas. And that would have been crushing. But we didn't get that. So I'm so pumped. (laughs) We can't evolve him until next week. The way Feebas works is you have to max his beauty contest stat uh, and then level him up to evolve him. And we don't get the ability to make Pokeblocks in Emerald until we reach Lily Cove City, which is next week. But... The king is going to be huge. Uh, is a, an amazing Pokemon, and it was so unlikely that we would encounter one. So that was insane. It was utterly batty. So from there, we went on. Uh, we, we made it to the Weather Institute. We shut down Team Aqua. We were forced into taking the cast form. They didn't give us the option not to. They just sent it to the PC, but we released it because it's not our encounter. Um, and we moved on. We fought our rival. Uh, Brendan was kind of a dick, but he didn't, he didn't bring it proper. So we just kind of spanked him and went on our merry way. And then we made it to Fortree City. Now, again, goal was get all our encounters. Then we can go back and explore and level. So we went out to Route 120. And <laughs> so here's the funny thing. Again, I, I mentioned previously, I wanted to catch a barboach. That was my intention for the route. 120 encounter. I came to realize, however, there was an invisible Kecleon between me and the water. 
I could not get through to the water to fish without first encountering Kecleon. So we did a quick powwow, quick host powwow in the chat where I was just like, hey, if I state my intention to not choose Kecleon before I encounter it, can it not be my encounter? And kind of the, the, the quick, short and dirty answer we came to is because we didn't decide that before the week began, no, that wouldn't be a fair rule, which is fair. So I said, okay, cool. I'll just go in the grass then. I'm probably going to get a Meryl. That's going to suck. Whatever. Went into the grass and ran right into a fucking Absol. <laughs> 8% encounter chance. Best Pokemon on the route. Walked right the fuck into it. So we caught our Absol. Female Absol named her Wendy. So at this point, our encounters are looking pretty fucking fresh. Um, the only other place that we could possibly get a Barboach was back at Meteor Falls. And I've decided at this point that since we already had multiple physical setup sweepers in the form of Wendy, our Absol, and then also Oven Mitt, our Swablu, who's still sitting in the PC, it's it's silly, frankly, to hold the Meteor Falls encounter back and wait for the chance at a Bagon. Because while Bagon is amazing at filling that role, we've we've already got options that we can use much, much sooner. So we went back to Meteor Falls, we fished there, and there we duped out. We managed to encounter and catch a Feebas. We managed to encounter and catch an Absol. We could not catch a goddamn Barboach. That, ladies and gentlemen, is my luck in Pokemon games. <laughs> At that point, we went back to the New Mauville power plant. We cleared the place out. We caught a Magnemite that we named IQ, and we picked up our free Thunderbolt TM for helping Watson out. Uh, we then went back to Route 123, where we can't get an encounter this week. We can't access the grass, but we were able to access the Berry Master's house, which is really convenient because it gives you a bunch of berry plots all together that you can use for berry maintenance, which we've tried to stay really on top of this week. So when we came back on Friday, the goal was was to set the team, set the strategy for Winona, explore and level them, and, and then take on the gym. Ultimately, the team decisions that we made were to bring Jaws, our new Sharpedo, Wendy, our new Absol, Nugget Bud, our Delcaddy. We brought... Mac tonight, of course, that good, good Electric who's been so good for us. We brought McCheese, our newly evolved camera up, who is super big and strong. And <laughs> as much as I had no intention of this when we encountered it this week, we're bringing Helen Henny on the week, our, our brand new Pelipper. And, and the logic there is that we have a lot of shit that's weak to fighting types, like a lot. And we have very prominent fighting types on both of our opponent's teams. So it just made sense to bring a counter. So that's what we did. Um, that was the squad. And now that we had the squad picked, we had to level them and prepare for Winona. So we did. I spent some time grinding against Zubats in Meteor Falls specifically to give both Windy and Jaws speed. IVs just because the big problem with Absol, right? Absol is a great physical sweeper. It has access to sword stance. It has access to great neutral coverage in the form of strong normal and ghost type moves. But, and there's always a but, it's not quite fast enough to sweep consistently. So we wanted to make sure that we were doing everything we could to shore up that stat. And so we did some EV training 
in Meteor Falls to give them both speed. And that was very successful. We actually maxed the EVs in both of their speed stats. So, pretty cool. Um, we leveled the team. We thoroughly explored all the nooks and crannies of all the new routes that we got this week. And we leveled the team for Winona. Now, for Winona... I went into this week thinking that there was absolutely no way that we were going to attempt hard mode, just because that Skarmory is such an incredibly tough nut to crack, with its steel flying typing and its amazing defensive stats. And then on top of that, as as Mess mentioned, her Altaria is ridiculously threatening. You know, with both Flannery and Norman, I knew that there was a very real chance that things were going to die, but generally... I was only ever scared that one thing was going to die, if that makes sense. Like, they don't have sweeping potential. Winona could sweep. If the Winona fight had gone wrong, we would have been looking at starting over from the word go. Which is not great, but it's just kind of where we were at. So, I didn't want to go into Winona hard mode unless we had a rock-solid fucking plan. Now, Winona in Emerald is, of course, a little different, just like all the previous gym leaders are. In Emerald, she brings a Swablu, a Pelipper, a Tropius, her Skarmory, and her Altaria. Now, the initial plan was, well, I can put the Swablu to sleep, because it's not very threatening, switch in Windy our Absol, Swords Dance up three times, and then sweep. The problem with that strategy was that Skarmory. I was not going to be able to kill it in fewer than three hits. And it could kill me back in three hits. On top of that, Winona uses healing items. So there was a very real possibility I would hit it twice. It would hit me twice in return. Then she would heal. And I would just be looking at a dead Absol or a switch in with no real answer at that point for the Altaria. So... I had to get creative. And ultimately, what we came to on a strategy was this. We did decide to do hard mode. We led with Mactonite, the Manectric. And we roared to force Winona to switch into that Skarmory. We had to roar, I believe, twice to get the Skarmory out. We Thunderwaved it to paralyze it. We switched into Nugget Bud, the Delcaddy. And we charmed its attack down to nothing. Totally neutralized it as an offensive threat. And we started ice beaming, doing very little damage, but it was doing almost no damage in return. And now in addition to that, uh, Cute Charm is Delcaddy's ability, and it can cause the attract effect to go off in Pokemon of the opposite gender, and it did. So it was both paralyzed and attracted and just doing nothing. So we just ice beam, ice beam, ice beam, ice beam. It was down to a sliver of health. And this is, I think, the only real mistake I made on this fight. Skarmory has a slither of health. It's paralyzed. It's attracted. It has negative six stages of attack. And I thought, I'm never going to get a better opportunity to set up than this. I'm going to switch into Wendy the Absol. And of course... Winona used a Hyper Potion and healed that Skarmory back to full. Now, the only reason that that's really a problem is because that Skarmory is now no longer attracted, so it's only acting under paralysis, and it has Sand Attack. So, 
Wendy had learned double beam by le- or not d- double beam. Wendy had learned <laughs> double team by level up. So we decided to set up with double team to increase evasion. Admittedly, all of Winona's Pokemon know Aerial Ace, which has uh, guaranteed hit chance. But what I was hoping with that was to prevent the Altaria from using Earthquake, which hits harder. So we set up a double team and then started setting up with Swords Dance. In the process of that, the, the Skarmory hit once or twice with Aerial Ace for almost no damage, but it hit me with a Sand Attack. And I was like, oh man, now we can miss. If it had hit with a second sand attack, I was prepared to switch out to reset and try to set up again, but it didn't. It hit with one sand attack, and then we were able to bring it down. At plus six evasion and plus six attack. The Swablu came out, and we one-hit KO'd it with Facade. The Pelipper came out. We outsped and one-hit KO'd it with Facade. The Tropius came out, and Facade missed. And Tropius hit us with Aerial Ace. Facade missed again. And Tropius hit us with Aerial Ace. And this is where it started to look a little spoopy, ladies and gents. Because at this point, Wendy is at half health. That Altaria, if if it doesn't KO Wendy at half health with Aerial Ace at plus zero, it certainly would at plus one. Or it would certainly two hit KO. And I have a chance to miss because I'm at minus one stage of accuracy. So the Altaria comes out, and I facade. If I miss, I'm probably going to lose. If it outspeeds me, which it might, there's a chance that I will lose. If I hit, but I fail to kill, there's a chance that I'll lose, because that was not a guaranteed one-hit KO. But I hit, I outspeed, and I one-hit KO. And that was Winona. Now... It's funny because at the end of that fight, Mess, buddy, you said in the chat, oh, I guess Winona was actually the easiest gym leader that we faced so far. But I was a hair's breadth away from fucking disaster on that fight. Like, I, I took the hard, risky path because those points were valuable. But if one flip of the coin had gone differently, I would have been beyond fucked. So it led to no deaths, but I would not by any stretch of the imagination call that an easy gym. Well, yeah, but I mean, that's not what happened. And you made it look easy. I mean, it didn't actually feel like you were threatened with six things of double team up. If it makes, it made you look like a badass. (laughs) (laughs) Well, I'm glad that you thought I looked like a badass because I was pissing my pants in my chair going, oh God, this Absol is about to die and I'm just going to be fucked. Uh, But it didn't happen. We were able to get through successfully. Everyone is doing great and the come up is alive and well. We have literally the best team that we could be hoping for at this point in the series. We just need something to handle some goddamn fighting types and we'll be getting some options for that this week so yeah i'm i'm feeling pretty fucking good about the run right now the hat trade is coming (laughs) hashtag pass that hat i don't want it but i'm gonna get it (laughs) well how about you celeste uh you of course played kind of last kind of in the middle like always because the way our schedule works out uh but how was your gameplay this week my week was pretty uneventful honestly um like Jolly, I wanted to get my encounters out of the way first. So from Marvel City, I surfed to Route 118 
and tried to catch something there and ended up dupesing out because of stupid little trash bandits and their evolved form. Then I went to Route 119 and found an Oddish and kept that because I didn't want to try fishing for the really low chance of a Feebas and getting nothing. So I had to get an Oddish. I weighed the options of the Oddish, but honestly, the Oddish isn't that great. If I wanted to run a grass type, I think I would use my Roselia still. And then I worked my way up through the route to fight Brendan, which I had completely forgotten about. And Brendan was a joke. Like, Rivals in Gen 2 were scary. Brendan was, oh, look at these crappy Pokemon. They're dead. Oh, they're dead. And he's a jerk, so I'm okay with it. The Weather Institute was really easy. Team Magma just was simple. We got them out of there pretty quickly. And we made our way to the Fortree City, which is honestly an interesting city. It reminds me of a few other cities in RPGs that I've played, um, particularly one in Breath of Fire that you can actually make yourself, which is a treehouse city, which is kind of neat. And I made my way through there, um, tried to get my Route 120 encounter, and dupes out again because of Trash Bandits. <laughs> it's like, damn it. Trash Bandicoot. Causing your encounters to be trash every day. So then we fought the Cacleon, got those out of the way, and we went to New Malville. Thankfully caught a Magnemite. If I would have caught a Voltorb, I would have been angry because that would have basically made my encounters complete trash for the entire week. But I at least got a Magnemite, and it's a decent encounter. And I ended up adding the Magnemite to the team for Winona's Gym. The plan was to lead with that and just Thundershock, whatever came out. And then when Altaria came out, switch into Blue, my Gyarados, and sweep with Dual Lightning, Ice Beam. And honestly, that's what happened. Winona was kind of super simple and super easy. There wasn't really much challenge to her at all for me because I didn't take hard mode. And so we finished everything that night, and then I finished leveling the next day, and it was pretty simple. <laughs> there wasn't really much that went on this week, honestly. It wasn't very an exciting week at all. Jolly's week was amazing, and my week was just kind of boring. You know what <laughs> none of us touched on? Going to New Mavo. That place sucked. <laughs> uh, it's it's the fucking worst. Although I, I will say, as long as we're like raiding the areas in, in these games... I had forgotten how fucking amazing Route 119 is. I think Route 119 is my favorite place in Hoenn. Like, it's fucking iconic with the tall grass and the fucking thunderstorm raging. And, I mean, somehow, through the little tiny, you know, Game Boy Advance speaker, they make that thunder boom when that storm is going. Like, it is really fucking cool. Really? Because I didn't like that area that much. Yeah, walking through the tall grass sucked. I didn't like it. <laughs> well, you guys are just haters who have no appreciation for the aesthetic. I am a hater, and honestly, New Malville didn't bother me that much. Ugh, getting attacked every two steps. Didn't like it. Not it, was, it was the worst. <laughs> I guess I had a ground type that made it easy. <sighs> Alright, guys. Well, that was our week in gameplay, and ordinarily this is where we would have to say goodbye to our fallen friends but for the first time in the entirety of series three we have no dead to mourn this week so fuck you reaper you're not getting any of my friends despite my best efforts we didn't lose someone this week yeah you were you were almost eager to kill one and it still didn't happen <laughs> grenade it'll be a grenade for later down the road maybe versus the elite four you never know Nuzlocke gods, you get no tribute this week. The blood gods will have to wait for their blood. 
All right, guys. So that was our weekend gameplay. But as always, we're not playing alone. We had a really, really good run against Winona, but she is still a very threatening gym leader. And I'm not so sure that our whole community is going to be able to say the same. Uh, this week did, of course, bring another batch of emails and social media messages from our listeners and friends playing along at home. So let's find out how things went for our good buddies this week. Now, firstly, this week did bring another email message from friend of the show and newly crowned champion of the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League, Flame and Air. Uh, I said Flame's name really fucking weird there. Flame and Air. <laughs> uh, Celeste Hunt, would you do us the honors and read Flame's email to us this week? Sure, BBR crew. I'm a little behind this week. I was busy finishing up a cosplay for my fiance. She's cosplaying Decidueye at our local anime convention. Most of my other time went to challenging the Blastburn Radio Pokemon League. As such, I am at Fortree, but I haven't gotten to Winona yet. A little worried about that battle, but hopefully we'll pull through with no losses. For catches, I did catch a Kecleon named Hell and a Gloom named Angraboda. Ah, whatever. Best of luck, everyone playing along, Flame and Air. Thank you very much for your email, Flame, and good luck on your Winona battle. Now, nextly, uh, this week did bring another email checking in from our sweet baby boy and fire-type gym leader, Cameron Johns. Uh, Mess buddy, would you go ahead and read Cameron's email for us, please? Absolutely. He says, Dear Jolly Mez and Celeste, while I still don't have a Nuzlocke update for you because I'm still on spring break, I do have some other information to share. Myself and two other others of BBR fame, I don't know what they want to be named, are starting a podcast. In our case, we trust will be a fun show that delves into a specific topic every week with the host picking it apart and finding as much lore about it as possible to share with the great Pokemon community. Afterward, we will all battle each other with teams made that week, with no affili affiliation to anything, just to battle and have fun. At the latest, I expect the first episode will be up within eight weeks, and we will all be very excited about doing this. Yours forever grooming, Mountain Tumness, Cameron Johns. <laughs> Thank you, Cameron, and good luck with your podcast project, sir. We're all super jazzed that you've been inspired to start your own podcast, and we'll be sure to let all you listeners at home know uh, when Cam's project has gone live. Now, this week did also bring another email message from friend of the show, Aliara. Uh, I'll go ahead and read his message. Uh, he writes, Good day, everybody. Missed updating earlier, so have six weeks worth now. I'll keep it short, though. Uh, went ahead and picked Emerald as my version because crying seemed like it would be fun. Uh, had a Celtic god naming theme, a Trico, a Trico named Robor as my starter, and the Jolly Redemption Tour was on track. Early routes provided me with some solid mons, including a Merrill and Shroomish. Roxanne was first up, and Trico swept. The next few gems went the same way. Dustox swept Brawly, Breloom swept Watson, and Azumarill destroyed Flannery. Things were going well, we had lots of new friends, and were off to fight dear old dad, and much like Jolly clearing an optional room, I fucked up and got Grovile killed. With now only murder in my heart, I killed Daddy Norman and set off for Winona. Before I could make it to her, however, Dustox died to a suicide bomber, and my second death was upon me. Winona ended up being a little bitch and fell to my murderous mons. With two deaths, my run has been pretty good. The team is Coughing, Baltoy, Breloom, Azumarill, Lanoon, and a current open slot for a good week seven mon. Happy Nuzlocking, Aliara. Dude, Aliara, I am super bummed about your Grovile. Uh, you know, I think 
of all of us in the nation who have vocally started with Trico, Disco Sniper might be the only one with a Grass Raptor left alive. So good luck, Disco. You carry all of our hopes and dreams with you. Now, this week did bring an update from community moderator and proud member of Team Messer Engine, Pegasus League Live. Uh, Celeste Hun, would you do us the honors and read our message from Peg this week? Sure. Hey guys, I'm not going to give my usual detailed status update because I'm lazy. I started replaying and I recently beat Brawly. My whole team is now at the week 2 level limit and ready to move on. I have decided by Jolly's advice to sack my week 3 encounters so I have the ability to heal against Watson. I hope that battle goes well. In terms of death, the only casualties I've had so far were against Roxanne. Unfortunately, one of them was my starter, Ziptie the Trico. That very much hurt my heart. The other was my sweet baby Pucciana, Donk Dago. And he says, this is, that is not a typo, that was his name. My team is sort of full of misfits because I missed two encounters at the beginning and lost two mons. Hopefully I beat Watson and things start to get better from there. If I do wipe though, chicken and waffles is definitely happening. Sorry I didn't hear that before I picked my starter. Welp, I'm going to go back to watching Drake and Josh now peg out. <laughs> Thank you, Peg. I'm sorry for your losses, but we believe in you. You've totally got it. Keep on keeping on, sir, even if you have garbage taste in, in television. <laughs> no no Tricos may live. Like, seriously, Disco, I don't know what you're raising yours with, but every time someone's like, I'm on the Jolly Train, I got a Trico, it's dead. Oh, the dead Tricos. Like, I want to be really positive. I like Trico a lot. I can't really argue that it's a good Pokemon. <laughs> <laughs> no one can keep it the fuck alive <laughs> but go 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 disco you got it buddy um now lastly this week did bring an email from friend of the show mandrake cone now i would love to read mandrake's email for you guys but this episode is already running a little on the long side and it's just really fucking long, you guys. Uh, Mandrake is Nuzlocking Pokemon Moon and wanted to give us a very detailed status update on his progress, which is awesome. But we just don't really have the bandwidth to read it all on air. So I'm going to try to summarize for you. Uh, he is Nuzlocking Pokemon Moon and attempting to catch up to Cameron and his local crew. Uh, but he's had a rough start of it and is t- already total party wiped twice. Uh, he's on his third run and he's heading to Lush Jungle, but he's encountered some hard losses along the way, including his starter, which was a Torah cat named Garcia. Uh, I personally, I'm very sorry for your losses, Mandrake, but I am sure with perseverance, you can get the job done. Now, if you are a proud member of the Blastburn Nation and you're playing along with us at home, remember that we do want to hear about it. Be sure to get at us through email, through social media, however you got to do it. Just let us know all about how your Nuzlocke run is going. uh, So those of us who are a part of this community can experience all of the best and worst parts of your run right along with you. All right, guys. Well, we have recounted our adventures. We have given the middle finger to death himself because he took none of our boys. And we have checked in with our good buddies. So it is time now for us to fight. Uh, now, coming into tonight's PvP showdown, our leaderboard remains much the same as we left it last week, though the points gap is narrowing, slowly but surely. Uh, Messer Engine remains on top with a healthy lead, bringing in a score of 545 points. Uh, Celeste remains exactly 120 points behind, bringing 425 points into PvP this week. I, Jolly by Nature, am still well in third place, but I was able to narrow that gap with my hard mode victory. The come up is real. I bring 
scoring 270 points into PvP this week. Now, as always, last week's big winner must defend first, and this week, that was me. I must defend the stick, and I will defend against the birthday girl herself. Celeste, let's go. Better you than me. Yay. All right, we are starting our first match of the night with BBR Jolly in that emerald corner with the come up Helen Henny the Pelipper. And on the other side, not to be outburbed, Celeste lost in that ruby corner with her swallow, Gen or Jen. Is it Jen or Gen, Celeste? It's Gen. Gen, okay. Uh, is Gen the Pelipper? Are you two ready? Gen is very much a swallow. I am ready. I'm ready. <laughs> Again, is very much a swallow. Yeah, okay. You guys may begin. All right, Facade from Gen brings Helen Henny down to 66%, but Helen Henny, not to be outdone, uses Surf, bringing Gen down to 35%. The Endeavor from Gen brings Helen Henny down to match its health at 35%. It eats a berry, comes back up to 68%, surfs in reply, and brings Gen down. Out comes Loot. The Magneton, new addition to Celeste's team this week, ready to bring its electric goodness against that Pelipper. Loot's missing an ability. Apparently I didn't enter it. This is going to be interesting. Oh, well. Okay. Loot uses Thunderbolt, but Jolly isn't leaving Helen Henny out there. Brings out McCheese, that good camera up with its electric immunity, and takes no damage on the switch-in. Celeste switches out into Gustav, the Marsh Stomp, who comes out into an overheat, which of course is not very effective, but it still brings Gustav down to 54%. McCheese's special is reduced. But it doesn't matter, because he's coming back out. Out comes Helen Henny into a Surf, coming down to 44%. And two dopey water Pokemon are staring at each other. What is gonna happen? I always love Marsh Stomp Sprite. Looks like he's ready to dance. A Surf from Helen Henny brings Gustav down to 11%. Gustav returns with an Ice Beam, which brings Helen Henny down to 10%. Helen Henny surfs again and drops Gustav. Out comes Ildan, the Hariyama for Celeste, to threaten that... <laughs> that Helen Henny Pelipper uh, gets hit with a Fake Out and gets brought down. Out comes Mactonite, the Manectric, who's been really good for Jolly so far this season. Celeste brings out Loot, the Magneton, and switches into a Thunder Wave and is now paralyzed. But it's a Magnet, it's probably chill with that. Out comes McCheese uh, into Hidden Power, uh, which brings McCheese down to 62% on the switch end. Ilden comes back out for... Celeste uh, comes out into an overheat. It only brings Ilden down to 68%, though. Mac tonight coming back out for Jolly. Switches into a vital throw. After the berry, it is at 75%. Celeste brings out loot again. Uh, it takes the Thunderbolt on the way in, uh, which is not very effective, and brings it down to 69%. Another Thunderbolt from Mac tonight brings loot down. It 
procs the berry. Loot is back up at 70%, but it's fully paralyzed on its turn. Another full para after getting hit with a Thunderbolt. And loot is at 39% and now at 10%. Uh, loot hidden powers and brings Max Knight down to 38%. Ildon comes out for Celeste, taking a Thunderbolt on the switch in and bringing, being brought down to 27%. It fakes out Mac Knight, bringing it down to 15%, and Mac Knight flinches. A critical Thunderbolt from Mac Knight drops Ildon. And out comes Loot, who is parried and will go second and takes a Thunderbolt from Mac tonight. The winner is Jolly by Nature. Congratulations, sir. Good game, Celeste. Fuck that para. <laughs> <laughs> All right. Well, that is our first PvP match of the night. And as always, the loser gives up the sticks. That means it's going to be me and you next mess. Uh, Celeste, hon, are you ready? Yep. Mez kick his ass. Uh, I don't know. This seems pretty spoopy. Alright, in the Emerald Corner, we have BBR Jelly. And in the Sapphire Corner, we have Mezzer Engine. Are you two ready? Yeah, let's do it. Yep. Two may begin. Okay, leading with Jaws, which is Jolly's um, Sharpedo. It uses Crunch, and it only takes Cerberus down by 21% of its health, leaving it 73% health. And then Cerberus responds with a Strength, knocking Jaws down to 43% health. Jolly switches in the Magnonite his good good Minetric, and Cerberus uses strength, knocking Mactonite down to 71% health. Out comes Gaia, that grenade for Mezzer Engine, but Mactonite roars out Ares. Jaws comes back out for Jolly, and Gaia comes out for Mezzer Engine. It is Shark vs. Grenade. <laughs> A new sci-fi movie. Coming soon. Cerberus comes out for Mezzer Engine, lowering Jaws' attack. Jaws uses Surf, knocking Cerberus down, but it recovers with a Citrus Berry. Cerberus is now at 52% health. Mactonite comes out for Jolly. Cerberus uses Dig. A super effective Dig knocks Mactonite down, but it recovers with a Berry. It's at 52% health, and it draws out Gaia with a Roar. What will the grenade do? Jaws comes back out for Jolly, taking a critical hit magnitude, and Jaws faints. Yeah, drawing out Gaia was probably the worst thing that could have happened with that roar, honestly. I was hoping to draw out something vulnerable. <laughs> yeah, I kind of figured. Mary McCheese comes out for Jelly. It is facing a grenade that is probably going to kick its butt. Oh man, I'm so used to seeing like level 100 numbers for speed. <laughs> <laughs> Bacchanawa comes out for Mezzer Engine. A overheat misses from Mary McCheese. Very great, very good. <laughs> Mactonite comes out for Jolly, taking a Surf, knocking it down to 15% health. Gaia comes out for Mezzer Engine, who is immune to the Thunderbolt Mactonite throws out. I was really hoping you were going to be thirsty for it. I should have known better. A quick attack from Mactonite is resisted by Gaia, and a magnitude finishes off Mactonite. Mary McCheese comes out for Jolly, and Bacchanal comes out for Mezzer Engine, lowering Mary McCheese's attack. A rock slide misses from McCheese. McCheese is drunk or something, and it can't hit anything. <laughs> Shut up, McCheese, you're drunk. Oh god, it's Wendy. Wendy comes out for Jolly, taking a Surf on the Switch for 40% of its health. Gaia comes out for Mezzer Engine. I have a feeling we're going to find out what the grenade means. Remembering that you got rid of your dark move for that double team. I got rid of that double team before the end of the night. Well, that's interesting. Dark still isn't affected by Swords Dance. Oh, that Quick Claw, though! <laughs> Magnitude from Gaia... Takes Windy down to 35% health, and Ice Beam from Windy knocks Gaia down to 43% health. You know what's really funny? Gaia has an up special D fucking nature. Cerberus comes out for Mezzer Engine. 
Lowering Wendy's attack and taking an Ice Beam for 23% of its health. Cerberus at 29%, Wendy's at 35%. A facade from Wendy finishes off Cerberus. Bacchanal comes out from Mez, lowering Wendy's attack down to zero. Well, zero levels of increase. McCheese comes out for Jolly, taking a Dragon Rage. It is now at 60% of its health. McCheese takes a Surf, finishing it off. And Wendy comes out for Jolly, staring down a full health Bacchanal at 35% health. A Dragon Rage from Bacchanal finishes off Wendy. Mezzer Engine has won the battle. Good game. Good game, mess. McCheese was drunk. If I had a chance to miss something, it missed. Yeah. RNG <laughs> hit you pretty fucking hard. I'm happy with it because RNG hit me hard in our battle. That McCheese, though. Karma. I don't know why I'm being so bitchy. I'm sorry. <laughs> it's it's fine. Um, and, of course, that that is going to leave me 1-1 one one on the week in PvP. That's going to make Messer Engine 1-0. and oh, And that leaves us with one remaining battle, which is, of course, Mess versus Celeste. Uh, so here we go, guys. In the Sapphire corner we have messer engine leading out with cerberus that good dark doggo bringing that valuable intimidate uh in the ruby corner we have celeste lost leading with ilden her strong hariyama uh folks are you ready yep yep okay you may begin okay and cerberus coming back out from messer engine in favor of bacchanala the gyarados getting that double intimidate off on Ilden. Uh, Ilden goes into fake out, which is a crit, ignoring all the status downs and takes 29% of Bacchanala's health. And Ilden coming back out in favor of Loot the Magneton, who eats a crit surf on the switch, taking 77% of his health. Uh, he does, however, eat a citrus berry and ends the turn at 58%, over half. And Bacchanawa coming back out in favor of Cerberus, the Dark Doggo. Uh, Cerberus gets that Intimidate off on the swap. Eats a Thunderbolt on the switch for 56% of his health. He also eats a Citrus Berry and ends the turn at 73%. And Cerberus uses Dig, uh, burrowing underground. Of course, the Thunderbolt cannot hit because he's hiding in a hole. And Ilden comes back out in favor of Gin the Swellow. Uh, The Dig is, of course, not effective on the Flying-type Burb. Okay, and Cerberus coming back out in favor of Gaia, that Golem, uh, again goes into the facade, which is, of course, not very effective on the Rock-type, dealing only 15%. And again comes back out in favor of Gustav the Marshtomp. Gustav switches into a not very effective Rock Throw for 13% of his health. Gaia coming back out in favor of Cerberus, that Mightyena. Getting the Intimidate off and eating a Surf on the Switch for 38% health. Cerberus is now in the yellow at 35%. And Gustav outspeeds. I'm guessing there were probably Quick Claw hacks attached to that. Maybe not, though. Neither of them are particularly swift. Uh, But Gustav does outspeed with Surf uh, and brings Cerberus down. Bacchanawa the Gyarados coming back out and getting a second layer of Intimidate off on Gustav. And Bacchanawa goes back into the surf, and that Gyarados is made of nothing but crits tonight. Crits again on the surf for 69% of Gustav's health, leaving the Marsh Tomp with a sliver at 18%. Uh, Gustav uses Ice Beam in retaliation, dealing 18% to Bacchanawa. Bacchanawa goes into the Dragon Rage to finish off Gustav. Loot, the Magneton, coming back out for Celeste. 
and Mess stays in and uses Surf, uh, bringing Loot down to down 41% to a sliver at 16%. Loot, anticipating the swap, goes for a hidden power ground, which does not affect the flying-type Bakanawa. An excellent play. And Loot comes back out in favor of Gin the Swellow, who eats a Surf on the Switch for 54% of his health. Uh, Gin does outspeed with Facade, and Gin gets a crit for all of Bakanawa's remaining health, bringing the Gyarados down. Gaia the Golem coming out for Messer Engine. Gin uses Endeavor on Gaia, bringing it down to 38% of its total health. Gaia, anticipating a swap, uses Magnitude, and now it's Gaia's turn to use a ground-type move that does not affect a bird. Uh, Gin uses Facade, tacking on 15% damage to the Golem. <laughs> Gaia goes back to the Magnitude, once again expecting a swap, and once again being disappointed. And Gin goes back to the Facade for 15%, leaving <laughs> Gaia at a sliver at 8% health. Gaia goes to Rock Throw and misses. Gin refuses to be hit. And Gin goes back to the Facade and brings down the Golem. Goliath has slain his giant, folks. Ares, the Combuscan, coming out as Messer Engine's final Pokemon. Uh, Ares goes to the Quick Attack, dealing 20% uh, to Gin, leaving Gin with 26% health. Gin goes to the Wing Attack, dealing 81% to Ares. Uh, Ares is holding a Citrus Berry and is left at 52% health after recovery. And Ares goes back to the Quick Attack, hoping for a crit or a high roll to finish off the Burb. And... He's disappointed. Uh, Gin lives with a sliver and hits back with wing attack. And Celeste has won her second match of the evening. Good game, folks. Good game. Good game. Okay, so what that means for our leaderboard on the week is that it remains largely unchanged. We each went one and one, which means we each gained 30 points, uh, which brings Messer Engine up to a total score of 575 points. Uh, Celeste remains exactly 125 points, or 120, excuse me, points behind him with 455, and I, Jolly by Nature, remain 145 points behind her uh, with my total score of 300. How are you guys feeling after PvP tonight? Fine. Nothing changed. All good. I'm good. I mean, I really wish that Gaia wouldn't have missed that rock. That would have been good. But, you know. I do find it funny that right before we recorded this episode, we had a, a decently long conversation about the, the pros and the cons of our champion rule this run of bringing only four Pokemon. And my immediate point was that what bothered me about it is that with a four-man roster, RNG affects so much more and crits and misses matter so much. And all of our matches were defined by crits and misses. They really were. I feel like Gaia just kind of like wandered over on the ground, picked up a rock, looked at it really confused because she's not the <laughs> smartest and just hucked it in the wrong direction. <laughs> she's like, I'm supposed to be a bomb. Why am I throwing rocks? I'm starting to understand why you just kind of want to throw her at something and blow her up. <laughs> well, and that's the thing. Like when she got down, when the Endeavor went off, it was like, do I just blow her up? Like realistically, Ares might be able to take the other two between overheat and double kick. And then it just did not work out. I was like, just just throw the rock. And she's like, nope, total other direction. <laughs> Mess buddy, I really, really, 
really should have brought Helen Henney against you instead of Jaws. I, ah, the frailty on that shark cost me. I think, I think that alone is, is not the only defining factor in our match, but I think it would have been a whole different ball game if I'd have had a bulkier water type. Yeah, it probably would have been a good thing to have. I, I was actually really surprised you brought Jaws. I was like, that thing's a piece of paper. So what I expected and clearly I was wrong, but what I was calling was that I've had really, really good success in the last two weeks or so leading strong against you with Mac tonight and just getting off fucking mayhem with that electric type. And so I was expecting you to just lead and hard counter with Gaia. So I led with the fast, hard hitting water type thinking that whatever happened, I was going to get a free surf in on turn one. Yeah. I actually considered that when I was building the team out and I was concerned because most of the stuff on, on my squad, Gaia and Ares were both vulnerable to water. So it didn't make sense to put them up front. So I was like, well, We'll, we'll put the dog up front. But I'll tell you what, uh, this week was a good example of uh, Cerberus' stats starting to fall off. He was taking a lot more from hits this week, just regular hits this week. So that yeah, was He's not the obvious. tank that he once was. And another, a peek behind the curtain, particularly because I don't intend to use Helen Henny beyond this week, so I don't need to have a layer of secrecy there. A big deciding factor in not bringing her is the fact that her stats are as garbage as I have ever seen on a Pokemon. She has, <laughs> she has IVs of four or fewer in every stat that is not speed. Oh, uh, that Pelipper. And that, that quad damage from Electric. I didn't even expect a Pelipper because I wasn't able to watch you Friday, Jolly. So I didn't know you had one. Where, where, indeed. <laughs> I might have just brought Blue with me if that was uh, the case. But next week is Doubles Battles. Yay. Next week is Devil's Battles, and that's going to be very, very interesting. So let's look at next week. Next week, our, our hosts will be heading east and south from Fortree City to reach Lily Cove City, where our shopping spree is interrupted by our rival looking for a scrap. Uh, our intrepid heroes will have the option of exploring the Safari Zone with all the great and rare Pokemon that it contains. Now, just a moment to remind our listeners that we will be treating the Safari Zone encounter exactly as we did in Red, Blue, Yellow, uh, which means that we will be throwing... Only Safari Balls at every new encounter that isn't a duplicate until it's either caught or it runs away. We will not throw Poke Blocks. We will not throw Rocks. Um, we will only run away from dupes until we catch one thing or we run out of Safari Balls. If we run out of Safari Balls, it's the same as dupesing out. We don't get an encounter there. Once we catch something, that is our encounter and we're done in the Safari Zone for encounters. So that's the way that plays out. And I just want to make that very clear to our listeners and also to kind of quickly remind our hosts so that we don't have somebody fuck that up and not get something out of the safari zone, ideally. Uh, so just remember, please, guys. Um, <laughs> from there, we will then head south to Mount Pyre where the bad guys are up to no good again and we'll arrive just too late to prevent their evil schemes. Now, 
this is the point in the game where the story of Emerald starts to diverge, starts to take a sharp right turn from the story of Ruby and Sapphire. And I, and only I, will be heading to the Emerald exclusive magma hideout in the Jagged Pass to put a stop to Maxie's mad aspirations. Uh, we will then head to Slateport City, just a step behind the bad guys, as they steal a submarine from Captain Stern. We'll backtrack to Lily Cove City, where we will surf out into the Cape and storm the bad guy base. Finally, we will surf east from Lily Cove through Route 124 to Moss Deep City, where Liza and Tate await with our seventh gym badge. Our level limit for this week in gameplay will be 42. How are you feeling about week seven of gameplay, guys? It's a lot of gameplay. It's like a lot, a lot. It's definitely a lot. I think it's the most of any week on this series. Technically, you could argue that we do more in week eight with the whole like, you know, finale of the big bad story. But even then, particularly because the level limit is going to be so tight for week eight, like there's not a lot to do. It's just rush through the story, then do the gym kind of deal. Um, whereas we have a lot of content and a lot of leveling to get through this week. So that's a thing. Uh, it's also the majority of our remaining encounters on the series. There will be encounters in re- weeks eight and nine with Victory Road and with some of the, the, the southern areas of Hoenn. But most of the remaining encounters we're getting, we're getting this week. So that's kind of cool. Yeah, doubles gym should be interesting. I haven't looked at encounters for this week yet. As per usual, I'll do that sometime tomorrow before I get started. But yeah, we it's this is wrapping up real fast. This is gonna be what, week seven? Week seven. Two more after this week and it'll be that'll be a wrap on Gen three, guys. Oh, I'm not looking forward to doing the Elite Four. It's gonna be super scary. Yeah, the Safari Zone is really exciting. There's a lot of really cool encounters there. Mount Pyre is really exciting. Like there's a lot of spoopy ghosts. Um, that we're going to get access to this week. Uh, there's a lot of really cool shit. Like, a lot of really cool shit. Oh, you get to do the magma hideout, which means you're running through the most dangerous workplace in all of Hoenn, where wild Pokemon <laughs> just roam the fucking hallways of this secret base. Yeah, I'll probably get a Torkoal this week, like, a month after I wanted it. When I did the Emerald Randomizer, and I was running through there, it was nothing but wild Tauros. And I was like... Who lets wild bulls run around in their office? <laughs> <laughs> yeah, it's it's going to be a, a fun week in gameplay. I think there's a lot of cool stuff to look forward to. We got a doubles gym. We got doubles PvP next week, which is going to be our last week of doubles PvP. Mm-hmm. Um, the big anxiety point for me coming into this week is it's time to evolve the king, and I got to not fuck that up. <laughs> so. Feed it the wrong berries, please. Rude? rude (laughs) even when i'm losing horribly i try not to wish failure upon you rude (laughs) all right well that was our show for the week guys um so as always we do want to let you guys know when and where you can find us live and streaming on twitch for our week in gameplay uh messer engine buddy you are generally up first on sunday that is holding true as well this week correct yeah it is i will be at twitch.tv slash messer engine as always at 6 p.m as we go on our merry journey full of lots of things to do it's late and i'm tired and i've had a lot of things to happen today i'm articulate but yes i will be on to my normal time 
Awesome. Thank you, Mess Buddy. Uh, now, as always, I am second on the week up to stream, and my usual uh, stream night is Tuesday evening, 9 p.m. Eastern at twitch.tv slash jollybynature, and that will be true this week as well. Uh, I can guarantee you that a second night of gameplay is going to be needed this week. There's a lot of stuff to do, and that's going to be uh, Friday night, 9 p.m. Eastern, twitch.tv slash jollybynature. Hell, depending on how Tuesday night goes, we might need three this week, so we might have to work something out. But uh, as always... Keep your ear to the ground, um, keep an eye on social media or Discord or wherever you get your Blastburn Radio news, and we will keep you up to speed on what we're doing. Uh, now, that would leave you, Celeste. When can our listeners expect to see you live and streaming on Twitch? You can see me on Wednesday at 7.30 p.m. Eastern Standard Time at twitch.tv slash Lost. And if a second night is needed, I will be streaming on Thursday at 7.30 Eastern Standard Time. Awesome. Thank you, Celeste. Uh, now, as always, dear, sweet, gentle listeners, uh, we want your emails. We want to hear from you, whether you're playing along with us at home, uh, doing your own super neat challenge run that you want to talk to us about, or if you just want to give us your thoughts and feelings on the show, please send us your emails to BlastBurnRadio at gmail.com or get at us on, on Twitter or Facebook at BlastBurnRadio. Uh, get at us through Discord. Just, again, let us know. We, we really want to hear from you guys. Um, we want your ratings and reviews on iTunes, they mean the world. They help us find new audience, which is enormous. Um, we want your body? No, no, not your body. That's not what we do here. <laughs> that's, that's, um, that's not even <laughs> on the docket. No, 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 no. Maybe? No, wait, no, no, no. You're drunk. <laughs> uh, maybe a little bit. I have had a lot of cold medicine. Please just forgive me. <laughs> As always, I do want to thank our host for joining us. Uh, Messer Engine, where can our listeners find you? Mythic Portal Games, Power VTT, all the cool projects that you're working on online. Uh, you can always follow me on Twitter at Messer Engine. You can find Mythic Portal Games on Twitter and Facebook. On Twitter, we are at Mythic Portal. On Facebook, we are Mythic Portal Games. Come check out those sites for all of our new stuff that's coming out, little previews and all that good jazz. If you do like our map and token assets that we provide to virtual tabletops, you can check out all of them on Power VTT, where we have a contract where all like 7,000 now plus assets are available to you uh, as part of your subscription to that platform. You can check them out at poweredvtt.com. Awesome. Thank you, Messer Engine. Uh, Celeste, where can our listeners find you and your projects online? Right now, you can f find me at uh, just Twitter at Celeste Lost, and that's it for now. Awesome. Thank you, Celeste. Uh, now, as always, I have been Jolly by Nature, and you can find me streaming when I am streaming at twitch.tv slash Jolly by Nature. Uh, if you want to follow me personally, see what I'm up to, you can follow me on Twitter at BVR Jolly, or just be sure to follow the show on Twitter, on Facebook, whatever your social media of preference is. Uh, and we will, of course, keep you up to date on what all of our hosts are doing on the internet. Uh, now, as always, I do want to thank everyone for joining us today. I want to give a very special thank you, as always, to my co-hosts, Messer Engine and Celeste, for Blast Burn Radio, I am Jolly by Nature. Thank you for listening, and we will see you next time. See you next week, folks. See you next time. Blast Burn Radio is a production of Challenge Accepted Media. This episode was produced by Jolly by Nature, Celeste the Lost, and Messer Engine. Pokemon and all related games and characters are the property and trademark of Nintendo, Game Freak, and the Pokemon Company. Opening music in today's episode includes Game On by Fishy. Check out this and other video game remixes at otremix.org. 
battle, and closing music in today's episode provided by Glitch X City. Check out all of her great tracks at soundcloud.com slash glitchxcity. Design work and stream assets provided by Rachel Mondragon. Check out her portfolio or contact her for commissions at rachelmondragon.com. Blastburn Radio and its hosts are solely responsible for its content. your host jolly by nature and with me as always are our soggy friends our rainy day co-hosts Moles, Moles, Moles. yeah yeah that's a that's a thing that i did uh take two this time without the drunk uh